Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today I wanted to dive into some studies that help give us some insight into the impact that our beliefs and our mindset really have on us. You know, knowing that science is definitely not the end all be all and science doesn't prove anything, but they're really interesting nonetheless and it really helps us get curious about our own minds, which I think is just invaluable because the more we understand our own minds and the more we just understand ourselves as a whole, the more we can actually work with ourselves, especially when it comes to, you know, working on changing some aspect of your life, whether you have specific goals, you know that you just want to be more organized with your life, you care about personal growth and self-improvement, you know, whatever the case may be, better understanding your own mind, you individually, as well as just human psychology as a whole, is so, so helpful with that. So I'm just going to give a quick synopsis of some of these studies that will hopefully help you get more curious with your own mind. So this first one is one of my favorites. It's just really, again, science does not prove anything, but it can definitely give us a lot of insight. I really like this study because it's something I've personally experienced in my own life and there's some really great takeaways. So in this study, they basically, they took the participants and had them come in on two separate occasions. On both occasions, they got the same exact milkshake. On one occasion, participants were told that it was a really indulgent shake. It It was sugary. It was a dessert. It had 600 or so calories. And on the other occasion, participants got, again, the same shake, but were told that it was a diet shake, a sensible shake. It was a low calorie shake. But despite getting the same shake both times, the only difference was what they were told about the shake, the label on it, the participants experienced feeling more satiated after the indulgent shake, as well as their ghrelin levels dropped significantly more after having what they thought was a more indulgent shake than when they thought they were having a diet shake. Ghrelin is what's known as your hunger hormone. So even though they consume the same thing, just what they thought about the food changed their physiological response. Their hormones had a different response based on what they thought. So what we can take away from this study is that your mindset towards the food you're eating affects not only your mental response to it, but as well as your actual physiological response. You know, just think about it. Have you ever had like a diet shake or a diet bar, whatever the case may be? Getting a salad, which half the time if you're going and getting a salad is just as high in calories as the other food options. And then you feel hungrier that day or later on. Maybe you still feel hungry after you've consumed what you've consumed. You just feel less satiated. And I have very specific examples in my life where I have consumed something that in my head was something higher in calories. I thought what I was eating was indulgent and because I thought it was really high in calories, I would go longer periods of time without feeling hungry or really even thinking about food. 
just to come to find out later that it was actually much lower in calories than I thought, which one time definitely bit me in the butt because alcohol was involved and I thought I had eaten quite a bit. And this was years ago, just FYI, but I thought I had eaten quite a bit that day and you can guess uh, what may have happened. And then later on, I went and looked at what the calories of the meal I had eaten actually were, and they were pretty low, and it all made sense. So something that you can play around with with yourself is just noticing what your mindset around the food that you're eating is. Are you looking at certain foods and feeling like, oh, this is really healthy? And not in like a nourishing way, but more in a, I'm trying to cut back on calories. I'm trying to cut weight. Maybe you're even eating foods that you don't particularly like because it's what you think you have to be eating in order to achieve whatever results you're looking for. Or are you choosing meals that feel really good and hearty and full for you that feel indulgent, which indulgent does not have to be separate from healthy by any means. You can have very nutrient-dense meals that align really well with your goals that are also indulgent. And there's a lot of ways to play around with that. But key takeaway is notice your mindset towards the foods that you're eating. And you can even play scientists with your own life, which I highly encourage, not just in this particular way, but just in general. But for this, you can play around with, okay, if I notice my mindset around this food is this, And just notice how you feel afterwards. Notice what your thoughts around the foods that you're eating are and how it's affecting you mentally and physically. Okay, so that's a fun one. That was part of Aaliyah Crumb's work, which she'll be referenced in majority of these here. And I'll have the citations for all of these in the show notes if you want to go look at these yourself. So this next one, Aaliyah Crumb also worked on. She's just a big mindset researcher. In this study, they took hotel housekeepers and they asked them how active they thought they were throughout the day just with their job. And they didn't believe that they were getting much exercise. They didn't view their job as exercise, but they took half of the housekeepers and they told them that their job, what they were doing on a day-to-day basis for their job, met activity requirements and that it was basically exercise. And then they oriented them toward the benefit of the amount of exercise that they were getting, you know, why this is good and healthy for you. So the researchers didn't change anything else. They simply took half of the housekeepers and didn't tell them anything else. And then the other half told them they were getting good exercise and how that was beneficial for them. And after four weeks, the women who were told that they were getting exercise through the activity they were doing just by housekeeping, lost weight, saw a difference in their waist-to-hip ratio, and had lower blood pressure after four weeks. So again, this is kind of pointing to just the power of your mind. So much more research needs to be done, but we can take this and at least begin to pay more attention to the way that we're viewing things. You know, are we always feeling like we're not doing enough? Do we feel like we're always eating really unhealthy? The way we think about things may impact us way more than we realize. So we can start to bring more attention to our thoughts and beliefs and perspectives and just notice, just notice how we're thinking about things, what our mindset towards stuff is, 
And then from there, of course, you can start to shift and reframe things, but at least just start with noticing. So this third study was looking at stress and how one's mindset about stress affected them. And in the research, they've defined this as having a stress is debilitating mindset, believing stress is really harmful for you or, you know, a really bad thing that you should try to avoid versus a stress is enhancing mindset, believing that there are benefits to stress, that it's a response from your body to help you improve your performance and rise to the occasion, essentially. So one, the researchers found that our mindsets towards stress can be changed just simply by information. You know, they had a video on why stress is debilitating or bad for you. And then they had a video on the benefits of stress. And they saw that we can easily shift our frame of mind around stress just simply by what we're informed by, which is partially really important to at least note because most of us have probably constantly heard about why stress is really bad for us. So it's good to also get the other side of the coin and know, yes, a lot of stress has harmful effects on our body, without a doubt. But our mindset about stress also makes a difference in how we're able to cope and manage our stress, right? You can just think about it as if you think that you need to just absolutely avoid stress in order to be healthy and not gain the negative effects of stress, then you're going to get really stressed out by being really stressed out. It's just going to add and compound. But if we take a more stresses enhancing view, we can look at things through a different frame of mind and go, okay, my body is just trying to help me out here. This is my body's physiological response to help me perform better in this situation. And that can help us cope a whole lot better with that stress and then ultimately help manage and lower that stress. So I kind of went on my spiel before finishing what they did in the study, but what they ended up doing after noting that we can change our mindset about stress is they took students and they had students who had what they considered a stresses enhancing mindset versus a student who had a stresses debilitating mindset. So these students were told that they needed to prepare a speech and that they were going to speak in front of the class and then be asked to be evaluated. They were also told that they were going to be videotaped and that a team of experts from the business school was going to be evaluating them. They were also told that they had the opportunity to get feedback from both their peers as well as the experts from the business school, and they were assessed on to the extent of which they desired this feedback. The researchers also collected samples of, the researchers also looked at the cortisol response for these students. What they found was that the students who believed in stress as having more benefits for their performance had greater desires to receive feedback and had more adaptive cortisol responses, which we can look at in one, having a desire for feedback is something that just in general is going to help you so much with being successful rather than shying away from feedback or viewing it as criticism or, you know, not wanting it. And two, having adaptive cortisol responses. So again, we're seeing that the psychology and the physiology go hand in hand. The way we think about something, our mindset, the way we're perceiving something affects us on a physiological level. So we've seen twice now that it affects our hormonal responses. 
if you are ever consuming my content and you're like, man, this chick really talks about like thoughts and beliefs a lot. I hope you're starting to see why it, I mean, I'm not even diving into the behavioral aspect, which is really the bread and butter of, of why I'm so passionate about it. But the fact that we are, have seen that it affects us on a physiological hormonal level as well is really, really interesting. So I just want to touch on two more studies here. And this next one, what they did was they gave participants punch cards. So some participants got a punch card that had just eight spots to be filled. Once you came, this was for a car wash. So once you came and got eight car washes, you got a free car wash. Another group of participants got a punch card that had 10 punches on them. And then they filled in two of them. So in both scenarios, both punch cards or both groups of participants had to come and get eight car washes in order to get a free car wash. But half of the participants had a punch card that looked like they had already made some progress, right? They still had to go get eight car washes, but it looked like they initially had to get 10 and that two of those were already done for them. And what they found was the customers who had the punch card that already had two stamps on it were more likely to keep coming and ultimately get their free car wash. So what both groups of people had to do in order to receive the free car wash was the exact same. They both had to come eight times. But for the group of people who already had those two stamps, from perceiving that it, what they already made some progress, they were more likely to keep coming. It essentially gave a sense of accomplishment. So something we can look at with this is, again, what you're perceiving in terms of your own progress. A lot of times people are so focused on where they're trying to get to and so focused on the difference between where they are now and that end goal of theirs that they're not even looking at all the progress they've already made. And it can start to feel like you haven't made any progress. A lot of times too, what a lot of people do is what they have as their bar for like what's good enough to be viewed as progress or enough progress is so high that even though they're actually making a ton of progress in so many different small ways, which ultimately is what's going to get you to your main goal anyway, that they're not even counting any of those. They're not looking at them. It doesn't feel big enough to celebrate or to be viewed as progress. But I think we can all look back on our lives at, and find an example where we can see that where we feel like we're not making any progress is not motivating. It's quite discouraging. And what we focus on really matters. The exact same data can be there. The exact same situation can happen. But what we're focusing on matters. And it matters because it has an impact on how we're feeling, how we're continuing to think about things, and ultimately our behaviors, which everything we do, what we achieve, don't achieve, all comes back down to our behaviors. So yes, we do want to look at the difference between where we are and where we want to be. We have to acknowledge that. But that's usually the easy part. So where many of us need to put more effort is in focusing on the progress that we're already making. Notice the 1% small changes. Reflect. Reflection just in general is so great for change and making progress. 
And so daily or weekly, take a second to just reflect, whether you write it down or you just take a moment with yourself while you're brushing your teeth or something and ask yourself, you know, with what I did today, the decisions I made, how I felt about things, is there anything different than a week ago, a month ago, what I would have done or how I would have felt six months ago, a year ago, two years ago? And just taking time to actually orient your brain to be looking for the progress that you're making for the differences, not only in where you want to go, but where you've been, how far you've come. Celebrate your wins and allow yourself to truly be proud of yourself and happy for the things that you have done. You know, if you consume my content, you know, a lot of thoughts are just habitual. So habitually, a lot of us have gotten to a place where it's easy to just feel like we're not doing enough or not doing anything worthy of truly celebrating or being excited about or proud of. And so we have to put a little bit more effort and intention into doing that. Find what makes you feel like you're accomplishing something, that you are doing something. If you need to, you may need to lower the bar that you have right now. And just as a side note, I'm not saying that you have to try to always feel good about what you're trying to work on or change or whatever goal you may be going after. That's not the case. Allow yourself to be a human and allow the feelings of feeling like it's not going how you want it to go or feeling impatient, wishing that you can just change everything overnight, right? And also do what I just mentioned. Okay, last one. This one's an older study. This came out in 1995, but this study took cortical maps of the brain and they had three groups. So they had a group that was told to learn a five-finger piece on the piano and they physically had to learn it. They took another group that learned it just imaginary in their mind. And then they had just a control group. And definitely suggest clicking on the link to this study in the show notes so that you can see the image. But basically what you can see is the brain maps of the individuals who had to learn it physically and of the group who had to just learn it in their head look so similar. Nothing really changed for the control group, which is to be expected, but whether or not they learned it with their true fingers or just in their head looked very, very similar, right? And for those who don't know, visualization is used in sports psychology quite a bit. So for example, athletes, let's say you're a basketball player, you We'll sit there and just close your eyes and imagine yourself. Imagine every single small little step involved in taking that free throw shot and just doing that over and over. Visualization can be a very helpful tool depending on the context. But regardless of that, it's also just, you know, an interesting thing to observe. Just having seen, wow, okay, despite physically using your muscles your motor control versus just thinking about it didn't have that much of a difference. Again, pointing to just the power of our own thoughts. And you can use this in so many different contexts. So for example, so truly, if you want to change your life, which nothing external has to actually change in order for you to change your life, so much can change by just what's going on in between your ears. And that comes down to 
having awareness of what's going on in your mind and gaining tools and then just putting in the effort and being more intentional about reframing things, choosing to see things differently, choosing to notice thoughts that don't really serve you and allowing yourself to not take that on as your truth, allowing yourself to choose different thoughts and beliefs instead. And so for just one extra example from my own life, I went through about a year stint where my body just was like, what is sleep? We don't want to do that. And I had already gotten into this stuff. And so I started just playing around with it. Like I said, there's just so much to being becoming your own scientist of your own brain and your own life, observing things and just playing around and seeing what works for you. So initially, right, when I would fall asleep and wake up two, three hours later and not be able to fall back asleep, I would feel terrible physically and mentally, which feeds into emotionally. It was just not a good time. It was so, so miserable. So then I started playing around with waking up when that would happen and deciding to go through my day telling myself I had a really good night's sleep. I slept really well last night. And just like allowing myself to believe that. And what it's still not a great thing that I wasn't getting great sleep by any means. But I can tell you, I noticed a massive difference. Instead of being really miserable, feeling like absolute crap, I felt okay. It felt like I was going through my days pretty normally. And it felt like while I was miserable laying in bed, not being able to sleep, my days felt normal and how they normally would. So that's just an extra example from my life. But I hope you found this entertaining and useful and just helped open your mind a little bit to maybe see things a little bit differently and to really help you get curious around how your thoughts and beliefs may be impacting your own life and how you can use that to start creating a different experience for yourself. Even if it's, again, going back to the first study, just telling yourself while you're eating food that you do enjoy, but a healthy meal, viewing it as really nourishing and delicious and indulgent rather than, you know, the messaging that we received for so many years around healthy food are just none of those things. So, so we may have to take a second to pause and make sure we're shifting our, our frame of mind essentially But again, just play around with it. Learning more about the mind and more about how it works and just how important your thoughts and beliefs are in general and how you can choose to shift them is without a doubt the thing that has impacted my life the most. It has helped me in so many ways and most importantly has really truly helped me become so much happier, improve my relationship with myself and become a better version of me. So I would really love to hear what you thought about this episode. Send me a message on Instagram or email me. I always love when you share this episode with someone that you think would enjoy it or would benefit from hearing it as well. And if you notice that you're like, wow, okay, I feel like I could benefit quite a lot from learning the tools on how to manage my own mind better in order to help me become a better version of me or live more intentionally, reach my goals create the life I want to live for myself, but you also don't feel super sure on how to do that and you'd like some support, 
That's what I do. That is my bread and butter. That is my passion. So if you're more a resource person, I've got a bunch of resources on my website, some free ebooks, as well as a bunch of blogs. Make sure you're following me on Instagram. And if you're someone who knows that you like having the support from someone else, the guidance from someone else, the accountability of working with a coach, then you can reach out to work together one-on-one. So I'll have the link for that in the show notes as well. If you have any questions about it, feel free to, again, just message me. Either email or Instagram work really well. But with that, I hope you have a fabulous day and I'll see you in the next episode.